0: versus urban legends what's that
1: well you fool an urban legend or myth is a humorous or horrific story circulated as though true with the goal of spreading and sometimes causing mass panic (coughs) or a belief in false information
0: Okay, but what does that have to do with
1: environmental
0: science?
1: Well, many urban legends deal with erratic animal behavior, strange cases of pollution, and many other topics that fall under the umbrella of environmental science.
0: Are urban legends always fake?
1: Well, Today, we'll be diving in to four common urban myths, attempting to identify their sources, and using environmental science to evaluate the validity of each claim.
0: First up, sewer alligators. Are they real? One of the most common urban legends is that underneath the skyscrapers and luxury lofts of Manhattan, hordes of alligators have found a home in the New York City sewer system. This myth dates back to the early 20th century when citizens allegedly started finding these mystery alligators swimming in sewers and popping out of manholes. Like many good urban legends, This one is loosely based on a true story. In 1935, the New York Times released an article titled...
1: Alligator found in uptown sewer. Youths shoveling snow into manhole. See the animal churning in icy water. Snare it and drag it out. Reptile slain by rescuers when it gets vicious. Whence it came is a mystery...
0: The article claimed that a group of teenage boys found a seven-foot alligator underneath a manhole cover, tied a rope around its neck to drag it up onto the street, and then beat it to death. (laughs) The New York Times stated that, at the time, people speculated the alligator traveled north from the Everglades, then made its way into the Harlem River, and from there, the sewer. We now invite onto the air Mr. Alligator, a specialist in animal behavior and an adamant alligator fan.
1: Hi, guys. Yeah, I'm not sure that's a real explanation for this alligator sighting. It is incredibly unlikely that a lonely alligator swam over a thousand miles from its natural habitat to explore East Harlem. Additionally... According to Charles G. Wilbur, the ideal temperature for the species is 80 to 90 degrees, and they become dormant when the temperature drops past 55 degrees, meaning an alligator would not be swimming around in the middle of a snowstorm where the temperature was well below freezing.
0: Now, you might be asking, well, if the alligator didn't swim there itself, then how did it get to New York? The answer to that question is simple. The exotic pet trade. Here to talk to us about this is Mr. Nick, who specializes in illegal wildlife trade for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. What can you tell us about the illegal animal trade, Mr. Nick?
1: Okay. So... The exotic pet trade has been an extremely prevalent issue in this nation for years, and alligators are no stranger to that market. While frowned upon, it is technically legal to own an alligator as a pet in many U.S. states, and the only national restriction on it is by the U.S. Postal Service. And that says that you cannot ship an alligator exceeding 20 inches.
0: So does that mean that it is completely possible for someone to buy a baby alligator from Florida, have it shipped to New York, and keep it as a pet? Yes,
1: exactly. However, as is the case with many exotic pets, once the buyer realizes how big their pet is getting and how difficult to handle it is, they release the animal back into the wild. The wild in this case being New York City. This is most likely what happened with the alligator in 1935. Someone bought it as a pet, decided they couldn't handle it, and released it into the city, where it crawled down into the sewer and tried to live there. As I like to say, they couldn't wrangle the 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 gilder.
0: <laughs> that makes a lot more sense. Thank you. There are countless issues with this seemingly foolproof plan, though. For one, during the early to mid-1900s, alligators were technically endangered because they were being hunted almost to extinction. It is generally a good rule of thumb to not keep endangered species as pets because they need to thrive, and that just isn't going to happen in a tank in Manhattan. Also, alligators are a keystone species in the forest Everglades, as they are not only an apex predator, but are also vital to the survival of some smaller species because they can find homes in abandoned alligator nests. Alligator holes even have some impact on where the waters in the Everglades flow. All of this means, that alligators are an incredibly important species to their habitat and do not need to be removed. Also, as soon as you take an alligator out of its natural habitat and place it into a new environment like New York, it becomes an alien species and could potentially disrupt the ecosystem in that area. Taking all of this into consideration, It simply isn't a great idea to keep an alligator as a pet, nor release it into an urban area. Thankfully, since 1935, there have been no confirmed alligator sightings in New York. However, despite the lack of actual alligators, the myth has continued to spread and thrive. And every few years, some kid claims to have seen another mystery alligator peeking through a drain, or rearing its head from a manhole. Up next, can we really run out of water?
1: When it comes to misunderstood science, another common belief is that it's impossible to run out of water. For years, people around the world have been convinced that water conservation isn't actually that important because water is a renewable resource and thanks to the water cycle no matter how much we use we'll always have plenty left today we're going to examine this claim and decide once and for all whether water is truly a renewable or non-renewable resource here to help us is Jay Famic-Gioletti Senior Water Scientist at NASA
0: well, oh, guys, here at NASA, we've discovered that water is effectively a non renewable resource. This is mainly because of the fact that humans can mostly only use groundwater, and groundwater replenishes extremely slowly. Most people think that due to the water cycle, rain and melting snow will constantly replenish the world's water supply and will never have to worry about running out. However, Humans cannot use the surface water, gathered from rain and snow, because of pollution. In order to use this water, we need it to be filtered down into the groundwater to be safe to drink. And that takes years. In fact, only 6% of the world's groundwater has been replenished in the past 50 years. It's this slow process that means we could run out because we are using water at a rate much faster than it's making its way back into Earth's groundwater.
1: Thanks, Mr. Famigoletti. So now we know that even if the water cycle technically renews all water, the amount that is collectible and or usable for humans is extremely limited, to the point where it's considered a non-renewable resource. But how can we try to solve this issue? Here to try to tackle that enormous question is Upmano Lal, a professor of engineering at Columbia University. So what do you think, Mr. Lal? I think that the best way to address the decline in usable water is to address the current issues in agriculture. A peer-reviewed study conducted here at Columbia found that 70% of global water usage is focused on agriculture with this percentage rising as high as 90% in more arid climates. By changing agricultural practices and irrigation systems, it is possible to drastically improve water efficiency. Yay! If we put more thought into the type of plants we're growing in different environments, improve food storage, and delivery methods in order to minimize food loss and switch to more effective means of irrigation, such as drip irrigation, we can really cut down on a large part of global water usage. In fact, Kansas State University conducted a study over 10 years documenting and comparing how much water was used to grow corn with traditional irrigation, and then how much was used when implementing surface drip irrigation, or SDI, the study found that water use for corn could be decreased by 35 to 55 percent by simply switching over to SDI. Wow, that's fascinating. So now that we know not only that water is effectively a non renewable resource, but also that it is possible to change our water usage methods to conserve this resource better, this myth is effectively busted.
0: In conclusion, both of these very prevalent urban legends came from the early to mid 20th century when people didn't have access to enough information to disprove the theories they were hearing and therefore just assumed these myths must be true. While it sort of makes sense why people used to believe these far-fetched tales, modern society and science has no excuse to believe that we will always have water or that alligators hide in New York sewers.
1: Here at Science Versus, we urge you to carefully consider the truth behind any urban legends you have heard or hear in the future. These myths have been circulating for decades and likely will continue for years to come. But now that you know where two myths come from, you'll hopefully be able to look at other myths in a different light, doing research on reputable sources and checking the facts before you assume the story is true. It's a strange world out there, but some urban legends stretch that beyond what's truly possible. And it's up to you to not fall for these stories. Now that you know the truth, we at Science Versus have one question for you. What else do you think you know? Are you sure?
0: Disclaimer. This podcast was produced by high schoolers. And we don't actually know that much.
1: Our sources were peer-reviewed, but our quotes were completely fictional. Hey, Annalisa.
0: Yeah, Garfin?
1: Do you know what happens to an alligator when it freezes to death in a sewer? No. The same thing that happens to everything else.